previously on the campaign trail. You are members of the campaign team for the fabled cooperative party and you have been sent to help with a by-election. I'm, I'm, I'm Dereth, thanks for asking my name earlier. I am, I'm here to save the constituency. You know, I'm here to fight for a fair chance for the people of Barrow and Furness to make sure that they're represented properly in the forthcoming election. Have at thee, villain! Aha! And another! Yes! You didn't like that, did you, scoundrel? And there is a tall man in shining plate armour, sword drawn and a flowing blue cape. Uh, the man whirls his mullet of white hair around as he turns on his quarry. These are foul creatures of the dark. Goblins! Sir, they are but small and oppressed, and, and three of them together would not make one of you. You'll be hearing from my solicitors about this. I'm your local faith party candidate for this by-election. Gorlak the Betrayer. That's a very reassuring name. I was the one who built the Goblin School. Yes, the nearest polling station is on the other side of the bridge, so most of the goblins around here are unable to get there because of the tall... See, I wanted to be a doctor, you see. How how do you go from being a troll guard to a doctor? What's your, what's your, what's your five-year plan? Oh, they don't let trolls in school. Hmm, trolls in the school... Hmm, could be done. Uh, I'd have to talk to the school board. I propose that we bring Barrow and Furnace together again. Domrab the Cruel, Conservative and Unicorn Party, 5,637. Oh no. Gorlak the Betrayer, Fabled Cooperative Party, 7,936. I do hereby give notice that Gorlak the Betrayer has been duly elected as the Member of Parliament for Barrow of France. Welcome to episode two of the campaign trail. As we are starting a brand new arc, I'm going to give you the polling update of how the national polls are looking. At the moment, the Unicorn Party is polling at 43.6%. The Fable Party is on 32.7%. The True Neutrals are on 12.2%. Gunge are on 6.8%. The SDP, 4.09%. And Dungip are on 05 so that is how As the polls stand at the moment. So a uh, long way to go for Fable yet, but it's early days. It has been a week since the by-election. Gorlak has been settling in, preparing for the troll wing of the school and encouraging a rethink of the city budget to help fix the roads. Uh, the government contracts for new bridges and public services will require approval from higher-ups in the government. And since Gorlak is a member of the opposition party, it's going to be somewhat difficult. As luck would have it, the day you are scheduled to go back to the capital, Gorlak is also called back for an important vote in Parliament. So you all ride together with Gretchen the Witch. Uh, Gorlak says his goodbyes to his husband, promising to be back in a few weeks at most, and you set off heading back down the road towards the capital. Uh, how have your characters been spending your time since the by-election, do you reckon? I bought a new shirt. <laughs> 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 on expenses well, of course yeah um, I imagine that Dereth's been practising their bardic abilities in the local taverns with one string short 
with a wandering. Yeah, maybe, maybe they've been, they've been bartering around to try and get a, an additional. Should I do this in first person? <laughs> I've been bartering around to 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 get a um, another string with um, limited success. I'm going to impose a little roll on myself to see how much success I have. <laughs> I have had three success at string finding. I don't think you so. found a good string, yeah. <laughs> no. You found a bit of rope that you you tried for a bit, but I don't think it worked. <laughs> um, for, for a moment, I was sure that was going to be the next big thing in music. I was wrong. <laughs> Tilda, what's I've been what? trying to raise money for the homeless goblins of Barrow first. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> that's lovely. Uh, so, uh, Gretchen is driving you all back towards the capital, following the course of the River Bens, which was discovered simultaneously by three people called Ben. So it is called the River Bens. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, uh, the road uh, starts to get better as you go along, uh, you know, towards the richer end of the country. Uh, but uh, this somewhat leads you into a false sense of security, however. Uh, you're about you're less than a day's travel away from the capital, uh, when you start noticing potholes are coming back again. They're back in fashion, as it seems. Can you all make a dexterity saving throw? Oh, no. When, when do potholes go out of fashion? <laughs> <laughs> um, 17. 17. 21. 21. 9 plus whatever my dex is, but I've just lost the bloody thing. So. 14. 14. Uh, okay, you all just about survive uh, as the cart is uh, tossed around by a particularly large pothole uh, Gretchen pulls the cart to a stop um, and uh, goes out to check that everything's alright, uh, she's looking up and goes, bloody hell I, I just had this thing fixed oh god is, is the cart okay will we be able to make it back I, 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 sh- I should reckon so, uh, hey you over there you come and give a hand and uh, she's pointing at a uh, gentleman who is standing in the middle of the road who is looking at you with uh, great anger. Can you make a perception check for me? There we go. <laughs> Four. Dareth, you are on the road. <laughs> I am staring at the pothole. <laughs> That's usually my job. Um, 17. <laughs> 17, cool. Wait, call it 16. 16. Three. Three, okay. Uh <laughs> Tilda, uh, Tilda and uh, Dareth are admiring the potholes, while uh, Pelicos, you see a gentleman uh, with uh, two broadswords drawn, his helmet lying disregarded at his feet, letting his white mullet whirl wildly around his head. And uh, this character says, Forsooth, I demand satisfaction, vagabonds. You robbed me of my victory, and now I shall rob you of yours. Come face me, thou craven dogs. Oh, it's you. You ripped my shirt. <laughs> I do it again, my foul friend. Can't Are there actually any dogs around here? <laughs> uh, he starts to approach the cart. What do you do? Well, I draw my short sword and I start shiny a shiny sword. short sword and I strike <laughs> a shiny pose. Okay, then. Can you all roll for initiative? Uh, for the yeah. uh, uninitiated, uh, this is actually our first round of combat. Uh, we managed to go through the whole first session without any combat. And it's that way we're starting with some combat. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to make up for it. Yeah. Uh, combat in Dungeons & Dragons is turn-based, uh, and we determine the turns based on initiative rules. 
And again, the players, like with every other skill, have uh, certain bonuses. They roll a 20-sided dice, and then basically we go in order of who got the highest roll. So, well, Bashcroft got four. That's not great. Uh, Dareth, what did you get? Fourteen. Fourteen. Pelicos? Fourteen. Fourteen. Who's got the higher dex? My dex is fourteen. Sixteen. Okay, so... Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, Tilda? Uh, I got seven. Seven. So, first in the order is Pelicos. What do you do? Ha ha! I, um... I jump forward, waving my sword. I don't actually go to hit him, but uh, let's see if we can scare the bounder off. Uh, make an intimidation check. Yeah, right. That'd be a good one. That would be... Eight. No, he's not intimidated at no. all. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think... Are you doing anything else with your turn? Uh, not right now. No. Okay, Dareth, you're up. I, I'm going to um, just pick up my loot, my slightly discordant um, <laughs> loot... And I'm gonna whisper a discordant melody in a sort of da 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 tune. Um, the tuning is off, but that's intentional as I'm casting <laughs> dissonant whispers. Okay. And um, that's gonna be a wisdom saving throw, please. Okie dokie. Can you read the description on? Um... Yes. You whisper a discordant melody that only one creature of your choice within range can hear, racking it with terrible pain. The target must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 3d6 psychic damage and must immediately use its reaction, if available, to move as far away as its speed allows from you. The creature doesn't move into obviously dangerous ground, such as a fire or a pit. On a successful save, the target takes half as much damage and doesn't have to move away. A deafened creature automatically succeeds on the save. I will say that his hearing isn't great for his age, but uh, he <laughs> got 16 Oh, do, do, do. he, um, that would be a save. The DC is 13. Okay. So that's going to be half damage. Okay, so roll some damage. Do, do, do. And then half it. That's going to be five points of damage. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Uh, Tilda, you're up. Yeah, uh, I'm going to sneak back into the bushes a little way and draw my longbow. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you going to uh, take a shot? Uh, yeah, I will take a shot, yeah. Okay, I'm go for it. I'm hoping he's uh, distracted by Pelicos. Yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, well, I am very distracted. He wasn't massively distracted, Pelicos so yeah. Pelicos are uh, Exactly. an attack roll, you roll, and your uh, weapons will have a, a certain bonus attached to them. So uh, for a longbow, I don't know what that is. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, I get plus two for archery. Okay. Uh, so that gives me 11. That does not hit... His armor class, I'm, I'm afraid. Not surprised. Uh, and the uh, the the arrow goes tink, tinking off his armor. Uh, Bashcroft goes next, and I think because you're right in front of him, Pelicos, he's going to go after you with one of his oh, great swords. Uh, he's going to roll plus two to hit, so that's a d20 plus two. Uh, so that's twelve. What is your armor class? Fourteen. Ah, so his sword goes glancing off your armor. Uh, ripped another uh, hole in one of your shirts, maybe. Oh. <laughs> this is going to be a, a recurring theme, I fear. Uh, Pelicos, you are up. I'm up. Right. Short sword of a ready. Let's make it less shiny. <laughs> uh, that is a plus five. So 16. Yeah, that hits. Yeah. Roll some damage. Yes! Right. It's a short sword, so it's only 1d6, but plus three. Six points. 
Six points of damage. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, he didn't like that. He takes he takes a bit of a stumble backwards and uh, growls. Ah, Dereth. Um, and I almost decide to cast another spell, but then I look at what Pelicos just did, and I try to, in a very overdramatic style, mimic his exact movements as I stand <laughs> with my rapier. Okay, cool. Uh, make an attack roll. Attack roll is going to be that's twenty two to hit. That hits surprisingly. <laughs> Shocking. Um, and that's going to be eight points of damage. Uh, he's not looking good. I'll say that. Uh, he's. I mean, it's the of, mullet. It's the well, the mullet. It doesn't do him a lot of favors. Uh, Tilda, you're up. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll I'll fire another shot at him. Okay. Go for I'm it. <laughs> See if I can take him down with his terrible haircut. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at it upside down. I'm thinking ninety-one. Um. So 18. 18. Yes, that hits. Yay. Do I need to roll something to see how much I've damaged? Two? Uh, Bashcroft goes next. Uh, he's gonna... Uh, he's gonna take a swipe at Dareth, because you did quite a bit of damage there. Uh, with his greater sword, which is his second sword, which is slightly bigger. Uh, <laughs> that's 19 versus AC. Oh, that is Ooh. probably going to hit. Yeah, I am, I am hitted. Uh, please go ahead and ooh, scoop up six points of slashing damage. How? As Me? he slashes Ow. you with his even greater sword. Uh, Pelicos, you're up. Oh, that, that will not do at all, sir. That will not do. 21. That hits. Blimey. It's in bad. Eight points. Eight points of damage. Okay, uh, he's starting to sway on the spot. He is starting to rethink his life choices, I think, at this point. Um, it's 2019, aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> he uh, takes a stumbling step back from you as you uh, strike him, and he trips, and he's going to make a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> uh, that, that is a uh, natural one. Uh, he trips Ooh. and falls into one of the potholes. And I th- actually, I think with a natural one, he is knocked unconscious. Uh, so. Your first round of combat. Congratulations. Uh, you can claim his mullet as your prize if you like. <laughs> can we try and steal his wallet? Uh, make a. Oh, God. What is it for? Um, investigation check to see see if you can loot him. Let's see. Um, I'm very surprised that Tilda, who has so far been so campaigning <laughs> on behalf of good, yeah, but is he's, he's clearly reach. bad, and I have no money, and he's obviously he obviously uses his money for evil. Um, what did you, you say? It was you perception? did give all your money to goblins. Uh, investigation, I think that was. Uh, I got six. Six. All right. Uh, you managed to find thirty gold pieces. Ooh, Ooh winning. Gretchen is uh, looking at uh, over the uh, fallen mullet, and uh, she says, "Ah, so, sorry, sorry, lads, I should have uh, helped you out, but only uh, me, me hips playing up a bit, you know. Oh, oh, oh me bloody hip." Aren't you a witch, Gretchen? Uh, aye, but uh, I left on me uh, hip potion back at the hut. Yeah. Is there also a hot potion? Can you combine <laughs> the hip and the hot potions? Only when I'm playing hopscotch. <laughs> Speaking of scotch... Uh... <laughs> Beautiful. Right, we're going to have to take it easy going forward. Uh, don't want to run into another mullet like that, but... Uh, oh, bloody or hell. another plot hole. Or another plot hole. 
Yeah, you know what I reckon it is? It's them bloody trees again. Coming over here, walking on our roads. What? Um. Hey. Trees. Oh yeah, yeah. Walking trees. Yeah, they they, they walk all up and down here, uh, ruining the roads. It's, uh, it's a bloody nuisance, if you ask me. Something should be done. Wow. I didn't know about all walking trees. Uh, make a history check for me. Actually, I'd win on that. Nine. <laughs> No, you did not know about walking trees. (laughs) No, I did did not know about walking trees. Uh, What did you get, Dareth? 22. 22. Yeah, you knew knew about walking trees. They've been seen around. I take back my surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Although uh, it's it's only kind of a recent thing that they've been uh, stomping on the roads of late. Mostly they kind of keep themselves in the forest. But uh, there has been... You've you've heard a, a song here and there from your fellow bards about, oh, the trees... (laughs) <laughs> wrecking our roads. I, I, I'm thinking perhaps maybe I did a bit of reporting on it when I was at the BBC. Yeah, maybe you did. Possibly. Um, as you, uh, Gretchen decides to lead the horses uh, and the carts uh, as the potholes are getting really quite big at this point, and uh, eventually you do see a, a large shape striding down the road a bit further up. Uh, it is indeed a giant humanoid, but with tree bark for skin, leaves and twigs for hair, and a big old bushy beard that looks like a bush, <laughs> like a rose bush, maybe. Well, those walking tree type people. <laughs> yeah, it's carrying a massive crate on its back. Uh, it's got a, it's it's gone about a hundred feet when it stops, sets the crate down, and then just sits in the middle of the road, completely blocking the path. And Gretchen looks. Very annoyed. It's just, oh, bloody long distance haulage, isn't Long distance haulage, isn't it? Ever since the Eagles went on strike, this folk's been getting these walking trees to do the deliveries instead. They mess up the roads, then they take breaks. Of course, nobody's going to pay for the upkeep of the road, are they? Bloody ridiculous. What do you do? There is a tree blocking your road. I'm, um, I, as Aim the Player, am trying to figure out a way to incorporate the let's tell him to make like a tree. <laughs> <laughs> um... um is it a wooden crate? It is. Wow. That's some kind of cannibalism. That yeah. I, now I, that I think about I, it, that is quite I, grim. Something wrong. <laughs> no wonder he's sat there. <laughs> I just imagine now people like carrying boxes made of human flesh. <laughs> I mean, he said that he'd want to keep Steve, keep Steve close <sighs> to him forever. He didn't expect it to be like this. It's no wonder Toby's driving is um, so grumpy. It's like, no I'm carrying you a gift from the skin <laughs> of my father. <laughs> <laughs> That's just no kisma. Uh, oh, hey. oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to stride down towards the tree and ask the tree's name. Um, hello, who might you be? I am Grass Crown. What's your name? Um, my, my my name's Dereth. Nice to meet you, Grass Crown. You don't have a crown made of grass. No, not anymore. But it's what? still my name. I grew out of it, you see. Um, understandable. My, my surname is Moonbeam, and I have absolutely grown out of that. Um, may I ask you a favour? You can certainly ask. Uh, my my companions and I have been making a long trip and we'd very much appreciate it if you would allow us to pass with our horse cart and butch witch. 
Oh, I hadn't realized I was on your little toy road. Oh, I'm sure your clever little things can make your way around. I just need a little rest. Aww. <laughs> um, I'm going to attempt to charm. Ooh, okay, go for Grass it. Crown. Um, using charm person. Um, you attempt to charm a humanoid you can see within range. It must must make a wisdom saving throw okay. and does so with advantage if you're fighting. It doesn't. We're not uh, fighting. We're not fighting. Okay. Thirteen. No. Um, Thirteen. The DC is thirteen. So I guess that goes to me as the person who yep. the spell. It does. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, just... So the charm creature regards me as a friendly acquaintance um, for <laughs> an hour. Um, I, I've also done this by playing what I believe to be a charming melody. This charming man by the Smiths. <laughs> yeah. This, this charming half elf. This charming tree. Yes. Let's go with that. That was a lovely song. Though it made me feel slightly depressed. Um, my forte. Did um, you suddenly grow a quiff? <laughs> <laughs> um, I pat my hair down. Oh, well, uh, I will, uh, of course, if you wish to. And uh, she kind of moves aside and says, Oh, uh, but do mind my crate. And she starts trying to move it out of the road as well. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. All this super brew is taking up so much of our time nowadays. Super brew? Yes, it's medicinal. It's the new health sensation that's sweeping the nation. It hasn't Again, something else I haven't heard of. <laughs> I'm really falling from the trends. <laughs> While you reach a certain stage of life and ev- everything's been yeeted away from you. I suppose I ought to wear clogs. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> what? what? Okay, can you explain to me what wearing clogs would do to solve this situation? <laughs> well... If I was wearing clogs, I wouldn't have to worry about being fashionable. Okay, I think fair. You, you would upset the tree if you were wearing clogs, because again, you, you would be wearing the flesh yeah. of their people. <laughs> That's true. Adventuring's difficult, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you have to make all these considerations for, for people's sensibilities. Ethical adventuring. Uh, um, I'm suddenly very conscious of my loot and make an effort to hide it. <laughs> After charming it. Uh, charming her. The uh, yeah, Crash Crown moves aside, and uh, Gretchen starts uh, Gretchen starts moving the cart and wagon past, and she gives uh, Grass Crown a bit of a kind of look uh, side eye as she passes, uh, but Grass Crown just doesn't notice, uh, and she waves to you as she passes. Goodbye, friends. Drink super brew, and she gives you a big thumbs up. Oh, <laughs> thumbs up! Bye. I. I... <laughs> Reluctantly. Yep, big cheesy grin and thumbs up. Wholeheartedly. Uh, as you continue towards Parliament Hexagon, the sun is getting higher and it's almost dinner time. You crest a hill and the trees thin out and finally you get a full vision of the capital city in all of its glory. It's massive, the biggest city in the country, sprawling with buildings that dot the land for more than a few miles beyond the city walls. Set walls surround the city proper. It's the shape of a hexagon and the walls themselves are made out of thousands of hexagons. They look kind of like a honeycomb with tight hexagons on top of one another. Uh, You can see one of the six main gates 
its two is also a big hexagon uh, with turrets and little arch towers either side. You are heading for the northeast gate and you pass some of the outer dwellings. Beyond the wall, you see the tightly packed houses and tower build, towering buildings and running right through the whole city is the mighty River Benz. Uh, there are some towers that are made of stone, some are made of glass, uh, and there's a, a couple of uh, soap tower churches uh, with bell towers. Uh, but the biggest bell tower in the whole uh, city is the looming clock tower of the Houses of Parliament that is colloquially known as Large Len. Uh, beside it, you can see that another tower is being constructed. Uh, you can't see what it is from here, but you see a lot of scaffolding and can tell that this is going to be a tower that is probably going to be bigger than Large Len. Uh, make a history check. Uh, which of you, uh, I think I'll give you advantage, Dareth, because I think you said you were from Parliament Hexagon. Um, not from originally, but lived there for the yeah. last couple of decades. Yeah. So what's my history? 16. Okay. No? 17. Did anyone else uh, roll yeah, for this? 15? Um, 19. 19. Okay, you all uh, know this. Uh, as it was announced some time ago, uh, the construction of the second, even larger bell tower for the Houses of Parliament, this will be larger, Len. <laughs> and there possibly are whisperings of the largest Len. <laughs> uh, and Gorlak, who uh, wakes up... Who, and had previously been sleeping in the back of the carts, and I didn't did totally Gorlach forget sleep about him. Through our he missed it. All. He did. I forgot he was here. <laughs> he missed it. I feel terrible now. So did so did I. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't forget Gorlak was here. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> you could never forget Gorlak, Joe. Gorlak says, "Ah oh, yes, uh, oh, the larger Len. Uh, they're still building it. Then I remember Edwina telling me about this. Uh, the government wants to boost tourism, I think." And uh, since so many people come to see this famous clock tower, they thought to build another one, even bigger and more powerful than the first. Powerful? <laughs> this is a fantasy <laughs> one, I'm sure. <laughs> How long do you think it'll take to complete? Do you know more than we do being a politician? Do you automatically absorb all the knowledge about everything when you become an MP? Is that how it works? <laughs> Let me see how much Gork knows about this. Seven. No, he doesn't know. He's struggling. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I, I ask ask the minister for um, tourism. How much are they spending on the minister for tourism? This enormous len. Oh, I imagine quite a lot of money. I guess you can see that's why they haven't fixed up any of the potholes. That seems like a conflict of interest. <laughs> oh, oh, I know this. They're just bad priorities. Misappropriation. Ah, this misappropriation is a very good word. We should use that in our in our speech. It's what <laughs> I often point. get accused of. Uh, wrongfully. <laughs> Pentecostal light thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, as you were passing by the gates, incidentally, uh, you uh, did notice a few of the uh, large walking trees were kind of passing some of their uh, cargo up to people on the top of the walls and then their cargo is then shipped off into the city while the trees... Uh, go wandering back. Are they all? Are they all ferrying super? Make a perception check. No. Two. You can't tell. <laughs> Sixteen. <laughs> 16. There are there are quite a lot of uh, super brew crates being passed up, but there are other like just general deliveries as well going on. Uh, there's I don't know uh, 
food supplies, there's building materials, you know, just other stuff that is from large haulage. But you do spot uh, there's a significant amount of Superbrew. And uh, as you're travelling through the city, you notice a lot of adverts for uh, Superbrew uh, being advertised. Uh, it just says, Superbrew, it's medicinal, in quotations. Like, medicinal, like, not really medicinal. Like, medicinal, <laughs> like, like, leukocyte. Yeah, yeah. I'll have you know that leukocyte has... Has not sponsored this podcast. (laughs) If they'd like to, we would accept it. Uh, You make your way through the packed streets of Parliament Hexagon, widening your way through West's End, and then down the back streets till you finally come to the tall campus of the Fable Party headquarters. Uh, The walls are polished brown stone with turreted and domed roofs here and there. Uh, It kind of has the look of a small cathedral. Uh, But within, past the main gates, you see a grassy quad. Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever been to. Christchurch College in Oxford. That's basically what I imagine it looking like. Uh, because it's up the road from me. Uh, Gretchen is met by one of the porters at the gate uh, who offers to take the horses off to be washed, fed and watered. Uh, she is grateful and tips the porter handsomely, giving her a wink and a nudge. Gretchen says to you, Well, it's been proper good driving you lot around. Hope I'll see you again. Uh, you, you be careful, won't you? I hear, hear this old politics uh, lark can get a bit backstabby. It was getting a bit front stabby earlier. Oh, I yeah, I saw that. <laughs> what? It'd be lovely to see you again, Gretchen. I feel like we have much to learn from you. Aye, everyone's got a lot to learn from me. I'll, I'll teach you about cauldrons next time. Oh, look forward to that. Please do. How do you fit so much in? <laughs> oh, I've got tricks about me cauldrons, let me tell you. But uh, I bet you have. If you'll excuse me, and uh, she nods over at uh, a um, a woman who's uh, stood by one of the gates, uh, waving at her, and uh, Gretchen says, uh, "Duty calls," and uh, she marches off. Bye, Gretchen. Bye. Gretchen has more game than I've ever had, <laughs> and I'm saying that both as Derek, <laughs> the character, and Abe, the player. Uh, player is of D and D, not player is of <laughs> Gretchen. <laughs> to clarify. <laughs> Gretchen is a player and I'm here for it. Uh, you head into the quad and you see a nice little water feature in the middle. Uh, it's built around a stone statue of one of the founders of the Fable Party, Kier the Hardy, a powerful dwarf who rose out of the black mines of Ragnar <laughs> and fought for representation. He died gloriously in battle with his own beard as it became too powerful for him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> I'm crying out of worship for Keir the Hardy, not yeah. <laughs> not because of the beard battle. <laughs> oh no, I'm envisioning the beard battle. I've just had it. Gorlak <laughs> uh, uh, turns to you and says. Well, I've got a meeting with uh, the leader of the opposition, Miss Edwina Mills. Uh, if you'd like to join me, I'm sure she'd like to congratulate you on a successful campaign. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you head through a door into one of the main buildings at the north, uh, in the north of the quad. Uh, it's a dark corridor lit by small shimmering lights coming through the windows and a handful of torches. Can you make a perception check for me? Can I? Oh, Let's find out. Yes. Seven. Eighteen. Cool. Three. Eighteen. Three. Tilda, I think you just bump into the back of Pelicos's legs as he stops. Oh, uh, there is. Uh, you see. Uh, Palcos and Dareth, you both see some metal spikes in the ceiling uh, as you pa- in a sort of line above your heads. Uh, as you pass by them, you almost walk into a massive stone door that is blocking your path. And Gorlak says, I don't remember this being here. Uh, what do you do? Um, I would like to 
poke the door. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, just, just gently, I extend one of my um, not quite slender yes. elven, half elven fingers. I take three steps I am going to stand back. Hmm. I think you you hurt your finger a little bit because it's solid stone and you poked it quite hard. <laughs> um, do I need to take any damage? No, but I think you learn a valuable lesson. Then, those spikes in the ceiling behind you slam down into the ground, revealing that they were in fact the bottom of an iron gate. You are now trapped between the door and the gate. What do you do? This is panic. This is all a bit dungeony. This is very dungeony. <laughs> I'm, I'm not uh, sure that the Fable Party should have spent... Valuable campaign contributions for making the headquarters dungeony. Is there any way to knock? Uh, make a perception check for me. Uh, investigation check, actually. Investigation. Natural 20. Oh, cool. Excellent. Uh, Pelikos, you see that the, the stone door is made of uh, stone blocks, uh, which are slightly different shades from the main part. Uh, they're arranged in a circle around the middle, and as you kind of... Uh, Look at look at it quite closely. A face appears in the stone. It's the face of a dwarf with a massive beard, and the dwarf says, "Who among you is wise?" Are you Keir the Hardy? I wish. I am but a stone door. Well, it's not me. <laughs> it's definitely not me. I just poked a stone door hard, and yes, it's... that was very foolish of you. It's not the stupidest thing I've done today. I don't consider myself wise. To pass the doors of fable, you must prove yourselves. Now, tell me this. A rich man lives in a large house, a poor dwarf in a deep mine. A path runs connecting them, and yet they do not speak. The poor dwarf will not give the man his wisdom, and the man will not give the dwarf his riches. Answer this riddle. Well, I think that as a bath runs between them, so I was very confused. And clearly, I, am, I have no wisdom. <laughs> well, Golak says, well, perhaps if Do there they... was a bath running between them, that would solve the riddle. I don't remember any of this. This seems like very new security measures. I am confused. Any ideas? I, I, did, did they not speak the same language? Has the human not bothered to learn Dwarvish? Has the dwarf never needed to use common? Uh, can you make a wisdom check for me? I can certainly try. Oh, 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 and that twenty. Okay, cool. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Thank you. You get the impression that this this is not so much a riddle as it's. Um, <laughs> if it was a riddle, it has been yeah, messed up somewhat, and you realise that there is no real answer to this. As you kind of come to this conclusion, uh, the dwarf's eyes kind of start darting uh, this way and that. Uh, he looks slightly guilty and goes. The answer, of course, is the inherent inequality within our system. You can read about it in all our pamphlets. Uh, his <laughs> mouth opens and a dozen or so pamphlets fall out. Uh, as you reach to pitch one up, uh, more fall out and then more and then more and then more. And they keep coming, filling up the cramped space you find yourselves in. And the dwarf says, oh, no, oh, no, not again. Oh, no. Uh, the pamphlets are slowly getting higher and higher. Uh, you're, it's like you're drowning in them. What do you do? I'm going to start pushing them out the gate <laughs> behind um, us. Make a strength check for me. Oh. Um, six. No. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, can we climb on top of them? Uh, make a athletics check. Oh, I can do that one. Fifteen. Twelve. Twelve, did you say, Tilda? Yeah. yeah. 
I think your head is still under not water but paper. <laughs> uh, Pelicos, I think you you're just kind of getting your head and shoulders yeah. above. Can somebody Darius. pull me up? Where are you? I'm um, under here. Uh... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm under. I'm under the um, the equality of the proletariat. Please help. Which one? <laughs> There's too many proletariats. <laughs> Follow her voice. Go on, like, has this ever happened before? Really not I, I've not been in for quite some I time. Tilda's hand. <laughs> Dwarf friend who's <laughs> next to your friend. Oh, my gosh. Help! What do we it's do? all right, I've got you. <laughs> can, I, can I do an arcana check and see if there's anything magical about this? In sure, go for it. Cool. Um, nine. Magic's going on, but you you don't get much more than that. Okay. Uh, Gorlak starts frantically trying to shove the um, the pamphlets back into its mouth to try and block it up. I think for that, uh, hmm, it's going to be a strength again, just to try and push against him. Uh, that's twelve. That's not going to do it. <laughs> He's kind of flailing about. Um, can I try and assist? Gorlach? Yeah. Okay. Go for it. I think that strength is strength. I'm under here somewhere. <laughs> um. Ten, no, so that's I will try okay. and find the halfling. No. Find the halfling. I think are we going to have a total party kill by pamphlets? <laughs> Death by pamphlet. Uh, you hear a set of footsteps coming back the way you came, and then suddenly the uh, pamphlets stop coming, and the dwarf goes, "Oh, thank God! Oh, I'm really sorry. I re- Can I'm really, please really pull sorry." Me out? Um, uh, you kind of yes. push your, the um. The doors open and uh, the pamphlets all flow down. And uh, before you is a man with a high widow's peak, massive sideburns and a turtleneck jumper. Uh, he looks down at you and says, Oh, sorry about that, mate. Uh, I can't believe it broke down again. This is the third time today. I need to get that warlock sued. Right, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make a report about this. I nearly and, died uh, he... under an enormous pile of left-wing propaganda. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry about this. It's the new security system had to have installed after some bards managed to sneak in and try and give it, you know, a surprise interview. Uh, supposed to. I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, uh, I, I recognise you, Dereth Moonbeam, right? Uh, didn't you used to work at the old BBC? Uh, you... Um, until recently. You, you might uh, remember yeah. me. Uh, I did an interview with uh, Jeremy Axman on Newsnight. Uh, Newsnight with a K, with a K N I G H T. A few months back, uh, and he offers out a hairy hand to you and says, I'm uh, Bernard Fendek, uh, Shadow Secretary of State for Defence. I'm, um, I'm from I Fantasy sh- Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I shake his hand and pretend to remember him. I'd still like to know how killing people with, with leaflets is part of your security system. You need to overhaul your security system, Mr. It's, it's not supposed to do that. It's, it's supposed to just give them the leaflets and they read them and then they go away. But- uh, but uh, the, the the stupid mechanism keeps getting stuck and then it just pours them out and it's a ridiculous thing. Could you at least supply a ladder in there for those of us who are <laughs> short of stature and, and at risk of being crushed by, by pamphlets? Golak agrees and says, yes, I, I agree quite, quite readily with uh, with Miss Tilda here. Yes, it was rather um, rather, rather uncomfortable situation. Uh but uh, thank you for getting us out, Bernard. Uh, we do have a meeting with Edwina today. Perhaps you could uh, lead us through your security mechanisms. And he says, oh, yes, of course. Uh, just uh, follow me. And uh, Golak looks slightly frustrated and annoyed, uh, but he follows along. And uh, you uh, pass 
some more offices, uh, some staircases heading both up and down. Uh, and after a while, you hear some shouting as a person who sounds distinctly unhappy. Then you see somebody being hurled out of a door and slammed into a wall. Seconds later, a short human woman dressed in tartan steps out of a room, uh, this person from which this other person has been ejected, and this woman cracks her knuckles. She has a head of wild greying hair, a necklace of small knives, and several swords at her belt, and she says, Now, you're going to go back out there and explain to them what you that you did not say that, aren't you? You're going to explain to them that... You don't have say over official party policy outside your ministerial meet, right? Then you're going to go and tell them that if I hear a single note being played that even suggests otherwise, I will personally force pieces of your pathetic pile of waste of skin that you call a body up each and every one of the... And then she spots you and gives you a big smile. She goes, ah, <laughs> she's uh, the three of you and Gorlak. And she says, well, 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 if it isn't the Earthshite Quartet... And Dereth Moonbeam. Fine work in Barrow of Furnace. And, uh, Dereth, you know this person as Alzar Kadir. She is a former bard, uh, of the Magic Mirror Bards Guild, uh, and is now the campaign coordinator for the Fable Party. Alzar! Oh, I thought I'd get to work with you again. Remember the good old days. Ah, yeah, the good old days when we used to really and then she looks over at the person that she's just tossed to the floor and goes, uh, hey, you, uh, why don't you F off? Person kind of nods, really. I- I'm sorry, Elza, I'll-, I'll-, I'll do better next time. Yeah, you will. Anyway, I know how to end people's careers. You know that as well as anyone. Oops. Uh, anyway, how have you been? Is that why <laughs> I'm no longer... Anyway, we can discuss this in private. <laughs> Aye. Uh, who are your friends? Um, this is Pelicos Navarius and Tilda. Pelicos will... Um, we've... You're supposed um, to say welcome, and I say thank you. Uh, welcome? Thank you. Right, that was weird. It if you have to explain it, Pelicos. <laughs> <sighs> right, uh... It never works. Listen, I've got a job for you. Uh, walk and talk. Uh, I need to talk with Eddie, too. Uh, Bernard, uh, you'd be joining us? And Bernard says, oh, I'm good. I've got, uh, got a bit of work to do on the old bill. Well, that's what we're going to talk. Uh, never mind. Uh, go and wash your hairy hands somewhere. And uh, Bernard saunters off down the corridor and Alpha just goes, wanker. <laughs> right. Good to see you haven't changed. Aye. Well, I understand you lot can be quite convincing. You managed to get a little creature called Gorlak the Betrayer elected. You seem like just the kind of people we need. Yes. He's right here. <laughs> I, I am right here. You don't need to talk about me as if I'm not here. And Alpha goes, Oh, God! Ah. Aye, right, right. Uh, aye, yeah. So you are there. Hello, Gorlak. Sorry, I'm so used to you just with a cup of tea in your hands offering it to people. And Gorlak kind of slopes his shoulders. I've not... <laughs> yes, of course, yes. I can make you a cup of tea if you like. Uh, uh, no, not right now. And uh, as you're walking along, uh, Gorlak says to you, Yes, I used to... Uh, be the tea boy around here make, making the tea for everybody and coffee and other things it was you know it was good good hard work back in the day Gorlak yes you know where they keep the biscuits in here oh yes I do actually yes and <laughs> you as you're walking grab us 
As, as you're walking along, uh, Gorlak uh, surreptitiously reaches behind a uh, a statue and uh, pulls out uh, of a hidden niche a little box of biscuits and goes, oh, don't tell anyone. And, she, oh. and he hands you some biscuits. <laughs> oh, you're the best. You're the oh, best goblin. <laughs> uh, you eventually reach a large office door, which has the words Leader of the Fable Party, Edwina Mills, written on a nice plaque. Uh, pushing it open, you step into a jumbled mess of an office. Uh, piles, piles of paper, filing cabinets, and at least a dozen decorative torches hanging from the wall. Uh, the light seems to congregate around the desk, behind which you see a figure dressed in a shining white and gold armour. They stand, a red cloak billowing behind them. Their armour is polished steel, pearl white, studded and gleaming. It has a helmet, a set of bright gauntlets, and upon the breastplate is a red tie. Uh, the figure removes her helmet, allowing her slightly ruffled brown hair free. Uh, she does that cool shake of the helmet hair thing that you see in all the movies. She has Her eyes are deep brown and her smile is infectious. As she leans forward, you see she has a small scar on her forehead that has long since faded, perhaps from some epic battle, or maybe she fell down the stairs, it's hard to tell. <laughs> this is Edwina Mills, the leader of the opposition, and she reaches out an armoured hand to you all. And she says, Ah, the campaign team. And Gorlak, well done, well done. Come, sit, 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 sit. We sit. Right. I'm, I'm wiping yes. crumbs <laughs> off my mouth and feeling very <laughs> like I'm, I've failed to eat a biscuit in a tidy way. Mm. <laughs> I didn't get any of those biscuits. I... Uh, and across the I'm making long. myself very at home. Uh, Edwina says to Gorlak, Ah, Gorlak, I remember when you made the tea for us. Uh, a tray of tea, Gorlak, and bring the good biscuits, we used to say. Ah, memories. Uh, but look, look at you now, a member of Parliament, first goblin elected. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. And uh, she reaches for a mug on the table and uh, down some goopy green liquid. And uh, she says, Ah, good old super brew. It's good for the heart, they tell me. And uh, Alzar comes in behind you and goes, uh, ahem, uh, Eddie, with, uh, here was some business. Uh, thank you, Alzar, and please don't call me Eddie. Uh, so, uh, how did you find your first, uh, election campaign? Very exciting. Invigorating. Excellent, excellent. Well, we've got something a little different lined up for you here. You see, uh, there's a big vote in the Commons tonight. Uh, that's why we called old Gorlak back. Uh, uh, you met uh, Bernard Fendick, I hear? Uh, he's put forward a private member's bill, uh, some small local projects, uh, things like uh, Gorlak's new bridges and uh, road support. Uh, we think, and she kind of leads forward conspiratorially, and says, we think we may have got some support from members of the government, too. Now, Chief Whip of the uh, Unicorn Party has been struggling with some of those who might vote with us. If we can swing them, if we can get a victory, not only for our policy, but politically, we can show just how weak this government is. Now, we can't act in the open. We need some... Uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, Alzar says, but plausible deniability. Oh, I'm all about deni de de deniability. Deniability, I'm all about. Let, let me explain, says Edwina. Yes, at the last election, the unicorns gained a majority of only four. But with the Speaker of the House being a unicorn, that went down to three. And now, thanks to our little by-election win, it's only two. 
Oh, those are small numbers. We're such a shaky majority. All we need to do is convince a handful of unicorns to vote with us, and we can make a bit of a splash. As a... Bernard has done such good work getting some of our some on our side already. We think there's just two more. Now, if we pull this off, the government loses all credibility, and we can put pressure on them to call an election this year. So, you need to do this incognito. We can't let them know this is what we're up to. They must believe that their vote will only be symbolic. They can't think it'll threaten their party. It'd be tricky, but I trust you. <clears throat> uh, and Alzar explains... Your best bet is to head to the White House Country Club. It's where a bunch of unicorns hang up most days. It's the most infuriatingly posh place you could ever see. If you disguise yourselves as uh, staff, you might be able to get in and get close to one of them. I've got some files on the two MPs we've got in mind for you. And uh, if you can persuade them... And she taps the handle of one of her swords and Edwina says, "Uh, Don't (laughs) kill them. We need them to vote. I can do persuasion. Alza says, Tony would have let me kill them. I'm not Tony. And also Tony was a literal bear. So I think his decision making was perhaps somewhat questionable. We all have our strong feelings about new fable and bear fable and what it all means. I I like seeing as we're... (laughs) You're not a bearite then. Um, I'm not a bear. My my favourite's actually fable three. I really enjoy fable. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so do you accept this quest? May I make a suggestion, Miss Miss Miller? Yes, go for it. I don't think, having met these unicorn-type asshole types, <laughs> um, I'm not sure that any of them will be persuaded to do anything by a mere member of staff. I think oh. that one of us, and I'm suggesting Pelicos because he is obviously very various, mm-hmm. pretend to be a posho. Pelicos but posh. Ooh, I like it. Ooh. Infiltrate them on their own level. They may be more willing to listen to us. I don't think that they will listen to people that they regard as minions. Oh, that's a very good point. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, I'll give you access to our, um, our clothing lines uh, that are uh, around so you can get some uh, disguises. And yes. Oh, and uh, one more thing before you go. And uh, she hands you some uh, expense claims forms. Ooh, cash money. Ooh. Uh, should you need to pick anything up uh, in terms of supplies uh, uh, these expense forms are magically connected to the finance office so approval should be quick if it is justifiable uh, how the uh, this is how the expenses will work is that you uh, you have a certain limit Uh, I think the first limit is going to be 500 gold pieces Uh, but if you want to buy anything from the shops and I sent you the list of um, items that are in the shops uh, you can do that with your own money but if you want to spend it on expenses you are going to have to think of a good reason you need it and then roll a persuasion check against the um the finance office's uh, wisdom uh so once we get to the shop area uh you can start trying to spend your expenses amazing uh, can i just ask a quick question how complicated are these expense forms how much bureaucracy are we talking here uh we're talking okay it's two pages okay seen worse uh so uh would you like to go and uh do some shopping then oh yes or do you want to get your costumes first i think the costumes might help us in the shopping i think 
Um, I um, really, I'm feeling a bit stanky after a few days on the road, so costumes just sounds like a sensible option. I like that we belong to a political party that has its own costume department. Yeah, I mean, what is a political party that does if it doesn't have a, a costume department? So you head down to a um, a robing area. Uh, let's say that there's a bath and some showers there as well, so you all manage to kind of... Oh, no. You clean up, you soap up, and uh, you, you you scrub up. You scrub up right nice for for. Spend for a, a nice long life. time shampooing my feet and conditioning yeah. them. <laughs> Your nice uh, halfling feet, uh, not to infringe on the Tolkien uh, Tolkien estates. Uh, wonderful um, uh, intellectual property. Uh, <laughs> Don't mention the estate; they'll come after you. Oh God! Um, so, uh, what kind of costumes did you have in mind? Ones that make us look posh. I actually want to look like a fucking badass. Okay. How badass are we talking? Um, we're talking, um, you know, the classy fishnets. <laughs> okay. Um, with some with, with some like dark denim shorts and blo- embroidered with the Fable Party logo. I think that might give you away. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's take the embroidery off, <laughs> and then just you have the colours. slowly unstitch the logo off. Um, yes, um, and some sort of not too informal, but definitely statement top piece. Hmm. Are you thinking cravat? I'm not describing this one. You've put thought into this. <laughs> oh yeah, let's have a let's have a let's have a cravat. Yes, yeah. excellent. Um. Pelicos, I'm Is seeing a, a rough. Can I also have a leather yeah. jacket? Yeah, why not? A rough? Yeah, sort of. I was go- I was going for a scarf, a okay. cloak, something that billows. Oh yes, yes. Oh yes. I like billowing. A nice, nice blue silk scarf and a, and, yes. a, and a nice long flowing golden cloak, shall we say? Ooh. Something that really screams, "I am wealthy." Yes. <laughs> Do they have anything in my size? Oh, yes, yes. They're very diverse here in the Fable Party. Oh. Uh, I would also choose something something dashing. Maybe mm. a short cloak, but with, without the expanse of billowing that Pelicos the billowy is wearing. <laughs> something that says understated yet disgustingly rich. I think. Yeah. And maybe uh, a cummerbund. Let me just roll. Okay, yeah. I think, yeah, you find all, all this stuff and it looks quite good. I rolled a 17 on... I don't know what I was rolling against. It was just my decision of how good it looks. And yeah, I think that means it looks good. That was a good look roll. Uh, so you uh, stride your way through the city, uh, getting into your new uh, personas uh, as you um, make your way past Leicester's Square, heading towards the Houses of Parliament themselves. Uh, there are massive, impressive buildings and the clock tower dominates the sky. I think in post, I will put the... Uh, you know the famous ding dong ding dong noise in at this point there's uh, a bridge over the river uh, and uh, there's a little inn called the Dead Pheasant Inn serving good food, good moods and good shoes oh good food <laughs> we should check that out maybe later I think like, you've managed to pull Tilda away for <laughs> <laughs> breakfast <laughs> right, they, they do breakfast and you know breakfast means breakfast <laughs> we should go in there and try one of their red, white, and blue breakfasts. 
They do a no veal breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) No veal? I'm very Um, much in favour of no veal. Um... I, um, when when this episode airs in a month or so's time, how that will yeah. end. <laughs> we will see. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you eventually come to a large warehouse-like superstore. Uh, there's a logo out front that has the image of a half-orc woman with massive tusks. The shop is called Tusco's. Uh, Tusco's Superstore. Sigh. <laughs> a set of glass automatic doors slide open with a refreshing... Ah, sound. Uh, and inside, the store is immaculate, with polished floors and then just rank upon rank of shelves full of stuff. Uh, there's a single counter that doubles as a help desk, and behind it you see the hulking figure of Tusco herself. Uh, she was dozing, but she wakes up as soon as you enter. She goes, Ah, oh, welcome to Tusco's, where every person of small stature can be of potential assistance. Come in, come in, now. What are you looking for? I'm confused by 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 the idea of me being of potential assistance in Costco's. <laughs> are you offering me a job? Would you like a job? We're hiring. Um, that that sounds like profile. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I I'm, I have a job and and a mission. Ah, well, we can certainly provide for your mission. Uh, do you guys have any idea of what kind of things you'd like to purchase? Do they sell biscuits? <laughs> Yes, there was the uh, there was the good biscuits and the okay biscuits. I think were on the list. Let me let me find it. Uh, it was back yes, in tin the... of biscuits and tin of good biscuits. Yeah, I would like a tin of good biscuits. Can you uh, read the description on the tin? Of um, tin of good biscuits, two hundred and fifty gold pieces. Blow away your guests with the good biscuits. Add a d six to your or to your persuasion roll. Three uses. Three massive biscuits in it. I, I'd imagine it's a selection box, I, and once the um, once the bourbons are gone, it's no use. It's going to be rubbish, isn't it? It's going to just be those little, you know, sugary biscuits that say they're nice but actually aren't. <laughs> I mean, for that price, you'd hope for it's that good. price. I'd hope it's nothing. Better, I'd, I'd yeah, hope there's more than just Garibaldi's in it. <laughs> you want those really nice. Like double chocolate biscuits that you get in the boxes at Christmas. Like <laughs> I imagine we can't get tattoos at Tusco's. Tattoos? Where did I say tattoos? Tattoos is in the D&D items one. Oh, top. right. Uh, sure. I mean, you're gonna. Ha- it's going to be a pretty tricky persuasion roll, I feel, to get it on expenses. I, g- I might leave that for, for later in the game. <laughs> Um, how about a jar of bees? How do people feel about a jar of bees? A jar of bees? Can you read the description on the jar of bees? Um, the jar of bees, a literal jar of bees. You could probably throw it at enemies or through a window and create a distraction. Or you could drop it like a dum-dum and get stung a bunch. This is always a possibility. Sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> and would a jar of bees or... help us in our mission? <laughs> A possible bee. You can throw it at enemies or create a distraction or get stung a whole bunch. Uh, Are you going for the jar of bees, Dareth? Oh, heck yes. I am. How are you justifying this uh, to the the finance office? Finance office. um, Firstly, it's going to look great with my costume. (laughs) Secondly, it's. Thank you. Um. 
What am I doing? I'm justifying a jar of the finance office. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> Get it on your expenses claim. <laughs> Executive dysfunction is great, kids, especially when you're playing D and D. Um, I also think that the, the variety of situations you can use it in is vast. And Nine if five. He's just created a distraction, a distraction, scaring an enemy, confusing an enemy. Confusing a friend, um, <laughs> emptying a location if we need to search it. Um, we can do a lot with a jar of bees. They would be there for us. Hey, can you make a persuasion Every, check for yeah. me? I can make a persuasion check I'm for you. Conf- <laughs> I'm persuaded. I'm very persuasive. That's going to be 16. Yeah. Yeah. They approve. A little, the, the, as you write out your uh, excuse on the uh, thing, it disappear- the, the ink disappears. And then a little green tick appears on the on the Ooh, uh, paper, and uh, you have been approved for a jar of bees. Incredible! I think I think even the paper just goes ding. Did you say you were going for the tin of biscuits? Yeah, I'll go for the tin of biscuits. Yeah, tin of biscuits or the tin of good biscuits? The tin of good biscuits is how much is the tin of ordinary biscuits? The ordinary biscuits is one fifty, and the good biscuits is two fifty. I don't know. We're supposed to be part. I'm going to go for the good biscuits on the basis that the I can. Biscuits schmooze people at the White House Club with the good biscuits, I don't think they would be impressed with uh. with minor inferior biscuits. Okay, uh, how are you justifying this to the finance office? I'm justifying this on the grounds of bribery. Because if somebody <laughs> offered me a tin of really good biscuits, I would vote for them. Uh, make a persuasion check. 16. Yeah, that does. It. Yeah, you are approved for a tin of good biscuits. Awesome! Yeah. Uh, Pelicost. I like the idea of a psychic paper. The psychic paper, very useful. Mm. Could be used to impersonate uh, someone. Yes. Blank piece of paper in a little wallet. The paper is slightly psychic and can be used to impersonate someone. Adds plus three to a persuasion check when impersonating a person of authority. Right, so how am I going to justify this? Yeah. Mm. If you're a person of authority, people might listen to you. Yes. And it's, vote well, what you tell. I, I'm going to call it, Ben's related to obtaining dinners um, for official <laughs> Fable Party business. In the long run, it would save the Fable Party money because yeah. if people bought you dinner because they thought you were important, it would save, it would save expenses, mm. surely. And, uh, well, yeah, make a persuasion roll. Okay. Ah, Twelve. That's not going to do it, I'm afraid. Because ah, uh, that's a 500 GP uh, uh, item. Uh, one of the others of you can try and get it. Um, Although you, I think if you try again, you're going to have disadvantage. I could try. You yeah, you try? can try. Mm-hmm. try. 17. 17 does it, yeah. Yeah, hey. you can improve. So you, oh, you go. oh, that's very kind Oh, of thank you. Uh, anything uh, anything else? Although uh, I think you're uh, at your limit there, I think, uh, with the 500 GPs. Uh, is there anything from the regular store that uh, you would like? You can buy transportation. Can I buy a camel? Uh, it's going to be a pretty high DC. I'd like to buy a camel. Can you just think about um, what would happen if you dropped the bees while you were on the camel? Do we have to think about that? Can I also just... Because I'm guessing it's going to be a normal camel, which only costs 50 gold pieces. Okay. But do also consider that you will need, you know, food and stabling and 
stuff for this camel. That's true. That's true. Maybe I should just get a mastiff instead. Uh, a massive mastiff. Yes, a massive mastiff. I could buy a badass pet dog. Uh, all right. Well, how are you justifying this? A therapy animal. Okay. <laughs> it politics is stressful. Um, B. Um, Tilda could ride it. I could. Oh, it would um, be like my <laughs> mighty steed. I can ride it in battle. Exactly. Um, C. It's going to scare off some people who may want to be scared off by us. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. How much does it cost? I don't have it in front of me. Um. Um, the normal cost is 25 gold pieces. All right. Uh, make a persuasion roll for me. Do they also sell massive uh, armour? Because we could armour the massive. And that would, <laughs> we could armour the massive. That would be, That'd be amazing. Um, that's going to be a 22 All right. persuasion. Sure. Okay. You guys have a dog now. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yes! Tusco like, reaches behind the counter and then just pulls out a massive dog and puts it on the counter and then gets a scanner. Beep! Alright. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we need to, to name this beautiful them. papa. Go for yeah, it. Okay. I'm trying to think of a, a worthy... I'm going I'm to call this dog Ursula. Ursula. Aw. Let me uh, really quickly find... D&D. Sorry for completely derailing this by buying a dog. <laughs> it's a very nice dog. Dog stats. Big slobbery girl. Oh. Ha! There's a, yeah, there, there are stats for a Mastiff. Okay. Okay. It has an armor class of 12. Uh, five hit points, so do be careful with it. Uh, keen hearing and smell. Okay, yeah, it can like sniff out things for you. And it can bite things in battle as well. Uh, yeah. All right. No, I, I like this. Okay, I'm uh, totally you... allowed to ride the dog into battle, yeah? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah. Then I'm you can certainly the try. I will have to look up how to do mounted combat, but yeah. <laughs> there is a whole thing in D&D about how to do mounted combat. I would have to let's look it up. Let's uh, not get in a fight so yet. Welcome. I've got it's a lot of animal handling. Yeah. <laughs> We've had one fight so far. Uh, okay, so you make your way down to the White House Country Club. There's a wide grassy field about it, blocked off by a high fence that shimmers with magical protection. Uh, you can see also there are some hedges and rows and rows of hedges uh, beyond the gate. Uh, and there is a gate uh, with several guards standing beside it. Several, there's two. And you see people in smart tuxedos, dresses, gowns, robes, golf pants, all that kind of wandering in and out. Uh, are you heading up to the main gate? Yes. Follow me. Yes. Swish your cloak. We will follow you. I shall swish. You stride majestically to the main gate and the guards look you up and down. All right. Yeah, they're kind of impressed uh, by your uh, clothing. And uh, oh, uh, my good sir. uh, How can I help you today? Says one of the guards. I'm Pelikos Rococo. Um, I've come to um, join your club. Oh, and, oh, oh, a new member. Oh, well, uh, yes. do you have a letter of recommendation? Right here. Psychic paper time. All right, roll a persuasion check. I think it's plus three, wasn't it, for the for the psychic paper? Right, it is. Um, with my plus six, that should oh. be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 21. All right, yeah, he, he looks it over and he's like, oh, wow, from, I do say from the 
Duchess herself. Right. Indeed. Right. Word. And I think this guard's monocle falls out. Um, I did a small <laughs> favour for her. Ah, well, of course. Right, right this way, sir. And uh, he opens the door and uh, door gate. Uh, and you stride through and uh, head up the path. With me, lackeys. You just call us lackeys. <laughs> um, I pretend to be a lackey. Can you two make a performance check? Oh, I absolutely can. <laughs> um, performance, performance, twenty. Performance. Oh, wow. Um, twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, One better. You both stride your way, looking very lucky-like, uh, and uh, they are very convinced. Oh, this, this Pelicos guy—he has such wonderful lackeys. I wish I had lackeys quite like that. Um, and we have Ursula with us as well. And okay, yeah, the the dog sort of strides in, and they look at the dog and go, uh. Ooh. Okay, well, you know, British people and their eccentricities. You uh, walk your way up the path. Uh, there are hedgerows uh, either side of you, uh, sort of following the path along. Uh, it winds seemingly in circles for a good distance, uh, but eventually you come to what seems like a crossroads. Uh, make an insight check for me. Mm. Ten. Ten. Twelve. Nope. Thirteen. Nope. Okay, so do you want to go left or right? Left. We are we are left, left. leaning. Okay. <laughs> um, what would happen if we would go right? Never go. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> ah, right. <laughs> Shall we go right? Oh. I don't want to go right. Oh no, they've gone left. Okay. They've gone left. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, you uh wander down uh the right? Did you say? Um, I'm following them. Okay. Yeah, I think we said left. left. Okay, so I'm going to yeah. hurry up back ahead of them. There it is. Okay, right. You head to the left. Up ahead of you, you see the hedges uh, moving, vibrating almost. Uh, ahead, that a shadow right. falls across what you see as another crossroads. Uh, something charging and running past. And then after a few moments, it charges back the other way. Uh, can you make a perception check? Four. No. Nineteen. Fourteen. Um, uh, say 19. Yes. Okay. Uh, Pelikos, you with it's your perceptive. sharp and perceptive eyes, you see that this thing running back and forth is a giant boar. Uh, I think uh, Ursula starts to sniffle and growl at this. Uh, Probably. As you make to your Easy way girl. to the crossroads, you feel the ground shake as the boar, boar comes charging down from one direction, hurtling its way at a ferocious speed. Uh, as you kind of poke your head out to see where it's gone, you see it reaches kind of a what looks like a dead end, uh, and then it turns around and rushes back the other way, and you pull back, and it runs all the way to the other end of the row, which again looks like another dead end from where you are, turns and rushes back, and is kind of rushing back and forth. Uh, can you make another little perception check for me? 18. 18, cool. 22. Ooh. 9. Okay, uh, Tilda and Pel- um, Dareth. You spot that to the left where the uh, boar is charging, uh, there is, it is not in fact a dead end. There is another path leading up a set of stairs that way. Uh, so what would you like to do? I'm going to see if I can calm the boar down. Okay, what are you doing to try and do this? I'm not sure. I'm going to kind of <laughs> step out in front of it and gently wipe my hands Don't and make use a soothing biscuits. noise. Okay, can you make a dexterity saving throw for oh. me? <laughs> Sixteen. Okay, yeah, it's not stopping, and you just jump out of the way as it comes <laughs> charging past you. Uh, anyone else? 
Um, well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, that was a truly no. stupid Doesn't it get tired? Is it a real yeah. boar? Uh, make a perception check. Or an investigation check, I guess. This is being a bit more specific than just perceiving. One. That's how I use one. Mm. No, it's a boar. I've got, I've got no, chan- no chance. Um, can, I, can I try something? Go for it. I'd like to cast the Dancing Lights cantrip. Okay, what does that do? And try and distract him. Or move him out of the way. So you create up to four torch-sized lights within range, making them appear as torches, lanterns, or glowing orbs that hover in the air for the duration. You can also combine the four lights into one glowing, vaguely humanoid form of medium size. Whichever form you choose, each light sheds dim light in a 10-foot radius. As a bonus action your turn, you can move the lights up to 60 feet to a new spot within range. A light must be within 20 feet of another light created by the spell, and a light wings out of its feet sees the spell's range, which is 120 feet. Okay. Uh, hmm. I guess it's going to make some sort of check against this. I don't know what it'll be. Uh, I'm going to guess a wisdom check to see if it's distracted. Yeah. Does that make sense? Would that be against my spell safety scene? Yeah. About eight. That fails. Okay, it is uh, mesmerised by these dancing... What do the dancing lights look like? What do you create? You know how you have the, how a sparkler just sort of like trails through the air hmm. and leaves that spell. You can all, like leaves the light and you can almost see it spelling out something. Yeah. I, I sort of make a few lights that do that. So you can't... What does it spell out? trails in the air. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> in bore. Uh, yeah, okay. It, it kind of sits back on its haunches and watches lights and it looks kind of entertained and is bobbing its head back and forth slowly watching it and looking quite um quite entertained how long is this going to last um one minute if i keep concentrating so i'm just gonna have to stand here and make some lights happen Uh, um... can we sneak past it while it's distracted by by the lights telling it to calm the fuck down make a stealth check with advantage aha i can do this 22. Okay, you're good. Your advantage means you roll twice and take the higher number. 19. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so, yeah, you sneak your way past the boar as it is watching these dancing lights. And then you see something. An arrow comes flying from somewhere and hits the boar in the shoulder. The boar roars in uh, protest and it takes uh, three points of piercing damage. You look up onto one of the hedges and you see a gnome with a short bow he is dressed in tweed and wearing a flat cap and he raises a bow to you and smiles and says ah good day a good day for the hunt wouldn't you say i am sir archibald fletcher and uh, who might you be eh ah sir fletcher i am uh, pelicos rococo ah, you may good. have heard of me are you a hunter? I see your little uh, diminutive friend there seems to have a set of arrows about her. Yes, yes, yes. We hunt, we uh, joust, we, we, well, we partake of all sorts. Well, I hope you won't mind, sir, but uh, you know you know how it is. And he knocks another arrow and uh, aims it slowly at Tilda. Says, you know, sometimes on these hunts an arrow will go astray, don't you know? And I feel like that is a nice to be continued on which we can end. Nice. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Campaign Trail was written and produced by Joel Corner. It starred Aim Maidment as Dereth Moonbeam, Stephen Paul as Pelicos the Various, and Joanne Hall as Tilda Northwanderer. The theme music is The News Team by Dr. Hollywood. You can follow The Campaign Trail on Twitter at TheCampaignCast, on Facebook.com forward slash CampaignCast, and SoundCloud.com forward slash Joel Corner, that's J-O-E-L-C-O-R-N-A-H, and on SciFiFantasyNetwork.com. In next week's episode, our team of campaigning adventurers battle their way through the poshest country club in the country and must also survive the gauntlet of the House of Commons. Until then, go back to your constituencies and prepare for adventure.